once again to 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. As we continue our subject on prosperity is real. Amen. Prosperity is real. 3 John 1, 2. Let's read our scripture text once again. Where it says, Beloved, I wish above what? All things that thou mayest what? Prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. We believe in prosperity. Amen. Amen. Come on, we believe in salvation, Amen. cleanses of sin. Amen. We believe the righteousness of God is righteousness of God. Come on, say amen. Somebody. Amen. We believe it's God's will for every believer. Somebody say every believer. Amen. We believe in healing. Amen. It's God's will for every believer. Amen. Say it again. We believe, it, we believe healing is God's will for every believer. Now, somebody may, somebody may say, well, why isn't everyone healed? Or the same reason why everybody's not saved and born again. Amen. Amen? Come on, we also believe it's God's will for everybody to prosper financially amen. and materially. Come on, say amen, somebody. And someone will ask the same question. Well, why aren't they pro all prosperous? The same reason they're not, they are not all healed. And the same reason they are not all saved. Amen. Come on, say amen, somebody. Why? We have something to do with it. Let me say it again. We have something to do with it. How you believe, whether you receive, whether you respond, whether you obey, it's not just all up to the Lord. Let me say it again. It's not all just up to the Lord. But in talking about it, amen, we believe this. Well, I believe this. I ain't getting no help from y'all out there. We believe this. We believe it's God's will for all of his people to prosper financially and materially. Amen. Now, we can't just say you ought to believe it because we believe it. The question is, why do you believe it? Is it somebody's opinion or theory? Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. So what we've been doing, we've been going through the Bible. We've been going through truth at the truth, providing that, that it used to be. Come on. It is and it always will be God's will for us to be blessed materially and financially. Yes. Let me say it again. It used to be, it is, and it will always be God's will for us to be blessed materially and financially. Yes. And our text tells us that when he, when he, our text tells us, he says, Beloved, I wish above what? All things, All things that thou mayest what? Prosper and be in what? Help even as I what? So prosper. Or is it God's will for us to prosper? Come on, can we say the Bible is God speaking to us? Amen. Did he say, did he, say he desires above all things that we prosper and be in health? Is that what he said? Then he tells us how it's going to be, how it's going to be done, how it's going to happen, even as thy what? Even as I what? So prospers. In other words, you're going to prosper outwardly. Come on, say amen, somebody. You're going to prosper physically even as your soul prospers. And we know the soul has something to do with the what? The mind, the will, and the emotions. And the Bible talks about your mind being renewed so that what? So you, so you will not be conformed to this what? 
to this world. See, physical prosperity and physical healing doesn't start in the pocketbook or the wallet. It starts in your heart. Tell your neighbor, it starts in your heart. It starts in your thinking being changed. Let me say it again. It starts in your thinking being changed. It starts in your believing being changed. You're not going to prosper in your savings account or your checking account or your investments if you're still talking broke. Come on. If you're still believing it's not God's will for you to have anything. Come on, are you with me out here? You got to prosper in your what? In your soul. So you begin to talk prosperous. You begin to think prosperous. And you begin, you, you begin to believe that you're changed on the inside. Let me say it again. You believe you begin to change on the what? Inside. And that happens when you're going to prosper. And when that happens, you're going to prosper what? Outside. Somebody say outside. You got to quit talking like a sick person. Come on. You got to quit saying, well, now I'm over 40. I guess it's all just all downhill from here. Come on, say amen. You see, you're not prospering in your soul. You're thinking sick. You're thinking broke. How many understand you must stop thinking sick and broke? Amen. Amen. Let, me, let me say it again. You got to stop what? Thinking sick and broke. You must stop talking sick. I don't care how sick you may be in your physical body. You cannot afford to talk sick. Especially if you want to be healed. I don't care how broke you are in your accounts. You can't, listen, you can't talk broke if you want to prosper. Amen. What does Romans 4, 17 say? As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations, before whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and does what? And does what? Calleth those things which be not, as though they what? Were. See, you might be hurting, body ravaged, Bad reports from the doctors. But you got to begin to say, he took my infirmities. He bore my sicknesses. He carried my pains. By his stripes, I am healed. I call my body healed, even though everything says you, you have to die, but you live anyway. Say amen, somebody. Come on. You prosper in your soul. You talk life, not dying. You talk health, not sickness. And even though you don't have any money and you don't know where it's going to come from, you begin to say, I know, no, no, I am a giver. And because I am a giver, God brings to me. He deals with people to give to me. It's coming all the time. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over. God deals with people to give into my bosom. He always supplies all my needs. And I'll pay every bill. I'll come out of this. And I'll call every bill paid. That's why we say these things. We're not just doing it by ritual, folks. We believe this. To your neighbor, I believe this. We release our faith and it's happening. 
Come on, we're, making, we're, we're marking things off our list every day. Come on, are you marking things off your list every day? Come on, how many believe that the Lord told you in his word that it is his will and his desire for you to prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers? Do you believe that? Come on, do you believe that? Now, we've gone back and we've seen, is it really the will of God for us to prosper? Can you prove it in the Bible? We went all the way back to the beginning and found out that his name was El Shaddai and Jehovah what? Jireh. We went back and asked what kind of God did the patriarchs know? Talking about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Then we talked about Joseph. And we found out they all knew a God who made them rich. They all knew a God who blessed them amazingly. Come on, say amen, somebody. We talked about the covenant of prosperity. God established a covenant with Abraham that applies to us today, and we are blessed. And we are blessed. The blessing of Abraham is what? Is ours. And it includes what? Material prosperity. We found out the curse of disobedience is not ours. And we read about the curse in Deuteronomy 28, but according to Galatians 3.13, what happens? We've been redeemed from the curse of the law. In other words, we don't have to have it. And poverty is part of the curse along with sickness. Sickness is part of the curse, and we don't have to have it. Come on, say amen, somebody. And last week, we looked at the glory of God's house. It's extremely important that we know the honor, the glory, and the majesty of the Lord. The things of the Lord and how the things of the Lord should be, should be treated and how the things of the Lord should be handled. Amen. Come on, say amen. Look at Ephesians 5.1. We looked at that last week. It says, be you there for what? Come on, I can't be depend on the screens all the time. You got a Bible in your hand. Hello, hello, hello. Don't get dependent on the screen. What you got a Bible for? Ephesians 5.1. That's what happens with screens. People get too dependent and put down their Bible. And don't, some people don't even bring their Bible anymore, assuming it's going to be on the screen. And then if they mess up on the screen, you want to complain to them because they mess up on the screen when you don't have your Bible. Hallelujah. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. It says, be you what? Followers of God as what? Dear children. Some of my modern translation says what? Be you what? Imitators of God. In other words, act like him. Act like him. Does he believe in being broke? Does he believe in, be in barely getting by? Does he believe in taking of our poverty? Definitely not. Come on. And we looked at how God lives. Because you can tell a lot about a person the way they live. We checked out God's place. And the place he's building for us. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. And we couldn't find any poverty in any of those houses. 
And the Bible said, in my house, there are many mansions, not efficiencies. He doesn't even talk about condos. Come on. He says, there are what? Many what? Mansions. Somebody say mansion. And that word mansion means manor estate. We know everything in heaven is made out of gold and precious jewels. And we see Jesus with a gold band around his chest. Come on, say amen, somebody. Now, if he didn't like that stuff, he wouldn't have a gold band. Come on. We listen, you and I know it doesn't work when you tell your children to do one thing and you do another. You know it doesn't work. Come on, say amen, somebody. That's not going to work because why? You have to set an example. Why? Because they are going to imitate you. They're going to what? They're going to imitate you. It's no longer do as I say, not as I do. That went out with you when you were growing up. Hallelujah. Amen. But they're going to imitate who? You. And if it's God, if it, listen, if it was God's will to keep everything muted, everything tight, have the cheapest and the least, then he would demonstrate that in heaven. Everything would be bare and wood. Come on. Iron and ugly gray rocks instead of gold. Silver and precious jewels. Come on, say amen, somebody. But we know God is a God of excess. God is a God of super abundance. And he's the God of the best of the best and the finest. Say amen, somebody. We found out in Isaiah 119. He said, if you be what? Willing and obedient, you shall eat the what? good of the land. The New International Version reads, if you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the best of the land. Somebody say the best of the land. And the Message Bible reads, if you'll willingly obey, you'll feast like kings. You'll feast like what? Kings. But think about it. The finest cars. The finest houses. The finest wardrobe. The finest jewels. Is that not for us? And if it's not for us, who's it for? Is it for the devil? Is it for the unsaved? Is it for the unbeliever? No. Who ought to have all that stuff? Is it just for the drug dealers? The Hollywood stars? Who should have all these things? But when you talk about stuff, you come up against all kind of tradition. You come up against all kind of wrong thinking and, and, and unscriptural thinking. Come on, say amen, somebody. 
somebody will say, I don't think it's right. Well, why? Why? Come on. Somebody will then say, well, they must have gotten all that stuff illegally. Why? Why have we got to get it illegally? And think about this. This is a story. It was a real story, though. There was a pastor who lost his dog. Now, he bought the dog for $15,000. Look, look at y'all. And just like y'all, when he told people how much the dog costs, they went ballistic. A $15,000 dog? Yeah, wow. That's just what y'all did. <laughs> what are you doing paying $15,000 for a dog? That's ridiculous. That's wrong. <laughs> oh, y'all busted. <laughs> don't, tell me, don't be telling me that's a natural reaction. I don't even want to hear it. <laughs> then they want to get spiritual behind it. Come on. <laughs> First of all, if there are $15,000 dogs, that means there are probably $100,000 dogs. But who are they for? Who ought to have them? And see, that particular dog was a guard dog that was highly trained, and a lot of drug dealers used them. So I guess they're just for the drug dealers. Oh, come on. Why should they have all these things? Why he got a $15,000 dog? Past. And so what people are doing is they're assuming he took the offerings money and he bought the dog. Now, if somebody took an offering for the church building fund and they use that money to buy a dog with it, that would be wrong. Come on, there's no question about that. But how would you know if you just heard that? People are so quick to jump on what they heard with no facts to back it up. Come on, say amen, somebody. But how many know and how many understand, oh, boy, it's just as wrong for a lay person or, the, or a member of the church to take tithe money and buy furniture with it. Oh, I'm preaching good in here. That's no different, but yet people act like that's so horrible. So-and-so took the money to build an orphanage, so they, and, but they bought a car with it. And that's one of, they'll say that's one of the lowest and dirtiest things anyone could do. But it's exactly the same thing. 
for any believer to take tithe money and spend it on clothes or their hair or jewelry or anything. See, people are twisted. They don't think right. Come on, say amen, somebody. But here's something that will keep you. See, it's not what you have that's the issue. It's how did you get it? How did you get it? If it came the right way, if the Lord gave it to you, why should anybody question or have anything to say about it? Come on, say amen, somebody. Now, if you lied and you stole whatever, come on, cheated, amen, then that's bad, and that's wrong no matter who you are. Amen? But the Lord gave it to you. Who are you to say anything about it? Come on, are you with me out there? So we begin to talk about the glory of God's house, amen? Listen, God lives large. I don't know if teenagers are familiar with that, that saying, but God lives large large his house is beautiful come on are you with me out here and listen God's will in heaven can't be different than his will on earth and Jesus taught us to what pray that thy will be done on earth as it is what in heaven and we've seen in the Old Testament times when the Lord gave commandment of the building of the tabernacle which cost over $100 million just for a tent to construct and build it. Come on, say amen, somebody. Why? Because God went first class on everything. Say it again. God went first class on what? Everything. Everything was gold. Everything was silver. And it was just a tent. Are you with me? But then when you talk about the house of the Lord that David designed, by the Holy Ghost and Solomon built it was in the billions that got spent on building that house listen he had 187,000 workers 187,000 workers it took Solomon 20 years to build that house could you imagine his payroll? That was a billions and billions in just payroll alone. Come on, say amen, somebody. But whose idea was it to build the house? Who? God. Now, if God was opposed to this kind of expenditure, he could have told him different. Come on, say amen, somebody. He could have told them, just build it out of walnut and pine. Come on. There's no need to put all that gold in it. Put all that silver in it. We can save billions just by varnishing it. And just use aluminum instead of silver. It'll shine just a shiny. You shine it up good enough. Come on, say amen, somebody. Was God interested in saving money in the building of his house? So when learning about God, we see his desire. 
Come on. We see his preferences. We see his will. And see, some people would call God flashy. Come on. They would call him flashly. Walls, solid gold. Jewels everywhere. Shining and sparkling. Come on. That's what God likes. That's what God likes. Well, if he likes it, <laughs> we ought to like it. Are you going to tell God he's wasting money? I'm not. Come on. What is the highest purpose for the use of anything on this earth? When you use it for God's things. That's the highest purpose of use of anything on this earth. When you're doing the will of God, listen, when you're doing the will of God, you cannot waste money doing what he told you to do the best, the finest, and the highest way. Are you with me out here? You'll never waste money as long as you're doing what he told you to do. Tell your neighbor, you'll never waste money. Tell another neighbor, you'll never waste money. As long as you do what God told you to do. Come on, at that point, God ain't worried about no budget. Because he's God. <laughs> if he told you to build it, he's going to make sure you have the budget to build it. Is he lacking? Does he have to wait and get an approval from a loan? <laughs> Glory to God. Go with me to Genesis 31. While you turn there, look at 1 Chronicles 29.10. Remember we read after David collected all the offerings from his leaders and the people, amen, and they gave willingly. And they gave what? Willingly from their heart. In 1 Chronicles 29.10, it said, Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation. And David, and David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and what? Ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and earth is thine, or yours, Lord. <coughs> yours is the kingdom, O Lord. And you are exalted as head above all. Then he says, both riches and honor come of thee. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reigneth over all. And in thy hand, in your hand, Lord, is power and might. And in your hand, Lord, is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now, therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. But he said, riches and honor come from you. He said, riches and honor come from you. Say that out loud. Riches and honor come from God. Come on, say it. Riches and honor come from God. Say it again. Riches and honor come from God. Say it one more time. Riches and honor come from God. And you'll find the phrase riches and honor Riches and glory throughout the Bible. Riches and glory. And a lot of times when people think glory, 
they don't think riches. Come on. Because of religious thinking. And we can see why the devil has people thinking wrong in these areas. Are you with me out here? Because why? For one thing, he hates you. He hates believers. And he hates the righteous. Remember, Job was a righteous man. And the devil hated him. But the devil hated him not only because he was a righteous man. The devil hated him because why? He was the richest man on the earth during his time. That's why the devil hated him. Not only was Job rich, but because he was so rich, he was powerful. And the whole city listened to him. Why? Because in this world, money is still power, whether you want to believe it or not. <laughs> money is power. Matter of fact, people act differently around billionaires. Come on. Amen. They're more prolifical. They're more hospitable. When they see them coming up to the restaurant door, the owner says, you better get out there and open that door for them. But let you walk through the door. <laughs> Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. But they're much more polite and hospitable. Come on. For some reason, they just treat them billionaires a little bit better than they do you. Oh, I'm preaching good. Come on. But when you walk to the door, you have to sit there and wait to be seated. And if you go get seated yourself, they'll say, we didn't come get you. But don't you read the sign? It says, wait, they may say that. Let a billionaire come in there and sit down. You think you're going to tell that billionaire, uh, you can't sit here? Come on, say amen, somebody. Matter of fact, look at Ecclesiastes 9.16. Look what it says about the poor person. A poor person coming in the door. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 16. It says, wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are not heard. <laughs> Glory to God. God does not want his wisdom to be unheard, folks. It should be heard. But how many people understand it takes money? It takes what? Money. It takes money to broadcast these things. It takes money to get things out. And it shouldn't be a problem for the kingdom of God because God is so powerful. Amen. Amen? But people think wrong. People think wrong. He said riches and honor come from God. Amen. Let me say it again. He said riches and honor come from God. Look at Genesis 31. Have you found it yet? We talked about how Jacob came over with just a stick in his hand and a backpack. Come on. 
And after a number of years, he got all the he got all this livestock, and he got all these servants, he got all this stuff. And here it says in Genesis chapter thirty-one, verse one. Amen. It says, and he heard the words of what Laban's son, saying, Jacob hath taken away all that was our father's, and of that which was our father's has he gotten all this what. All this what? Glory. All this what? Glory. What are they talking about? They're talking about stuff, but why use the word glory? Why use the word glory? People don't think that way. They don't think glory has anything to do with riches. Are you with me out here? Well, go to Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. Verse 9. Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. Here John talks about a scene in heaven. And in verse 9, he says, and they what? They sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book, to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and has redeemed us to, to what? To God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. And has made us unto us what? Our God, kings and what? Priests. And we shall what? Reign on the earth. Now, in the ages to come, are you going to be broke? Verse 11. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beast and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. These are millions of angels. Sing with a loud voice. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive what? Power. Receive what? Power. And what? Wait, 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 wait. This must be a mistake. Why would he be talking about riches in heaven? This got to be a misprint. It says, receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and what? Blessings. See, riches and glory are linked together in scriptures, folks. And in many places, amen, if you look it up for yourself, you'll see riches and glory. You'll see riches and honor. But let's back up again. All the riches in the earth, are they for the devil? Come on. Did he create them? Does it belong to him? Should it be in the hands of unbelievers? All y'all ain't saying no. I'm going to have to cast some knowledge, y'all. <laughs> Come on. Should it be used to build the finest casinos that money can buy? Do you understand they will level a casino that costs hundreds of millions of dollars and there's nothing wrong with it and they'll level it just to build a new one? Do you hear me? Listen, money just poured in there like water. But yet, somebody paid too much for the carpet in the church. Oh, hallelujah. And right now, for those of you who are going to the Word of Faith Convention, 
Bishop is remodeling the whole church. And I'm pretty sure somebody is going to be saying, they wasted a lot of money. They could have given that to the poor. <laughs> Come on. Well, let me say something that needs to be said. Jesus' primary ministry was not to the poor. Say it again. Jesus' primary ministry was not to the poor. His primary ministry is getting the word to people. Come on, are you with me out here? Amen. Getting people saved. Amen. Not ministering to the poor. Amen. Now, he did minister to the poor, but that was not job number one. <clears throat> are you with me out here? But yet a lot of Christians today believe that that is Christianity. Well, you can give to the poor, and guess what? It can be lost. And if a man gets all this kind of, all these kind of stuff and loses his soul, the Bible says, what benefit did it benefit him? Amen. So our number one job is not to minister to the poor. Now we should minister to the poor, and Jesus did. And he did it so frequently because why? We know when Judas got up to betray Jesus, everybody thought he was going to minister to the poor. But that was not Jesus' primary, primary goal in ministry. The number one job was getting the word out. Somebody say the word out. And we should be helping the poor. And I'm believing it gets so strong that we can do a lot of things. Come on, for a lot of people. But that's not number one. Tell your neighbor that's not number one. Come on. Do you know how many people, come on, are deceived in this right here? And see, people talk about religious organizations, amen, that their main objective is humanitarian. Come on, with me out there. What do they mean by that? They mean, they mean doing natural things for people. But that's not number one in the kingdom of God. Number one is ministering to people's spirits. Come on, are you with me out here? Getting the word in them. Why? Because as their soul prospers, they will prosper on the outside. Are you following me? Physically, you're going to prosper. And besides that, how can you help the poor when you're poor yourself? Who is going to help the poor if all of us are poor? Does that make sense to anybody in the room? Go to Isaiah 61.1. Isaiah 61.1. He starts out by saying, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to what? To preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to what? Bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and open their prison to them that are bound, 
to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of the vengeance of our God and to comfort all that what? Mourn. Skip down to verse 6. It says, but you shall be what? But you shall be what? But you shall be named the priests of the Lord. Then we see that in the book of Revelation. God called you kings and what? Priests. So you should be named the priest of the Lord. Amen. Men shall call you ministers of God. And you shall eat the riches of the Gentiles. And in their glory shall you boast yourself. Somebody say, say glory and riches. The New International Version reads it this way. And you will be called priests of the Lord, and you will be named ministers of our God, and you will feed on the wealth of nations. And in their riches, you will boast. In their riches, in their riches, you will boast. The Message Bible says, but you will have the title priest of God. Honored as ministers of our God, it says you'll feast, you'll feast on the bounty of nations and you'll bask in their glory. Amen. You'll bask in their what? Glory. Turn me to Exodus 28.1. Come on, we're talking about glory and what? Riches. Glory and what? Riches. Exodus 28.1. Glory to God. I'm pretty sure some ladies will probably appreciate this more than men. <laughs> but notice what it says. Exodus 28, 1. And thou, and take thou unto thee what? Aaron thy brother and his sons with him. From among the children of Israel, that he may what? Minister unto me in the priest's office. Even Aaron, Nabed, Abihu, Eleazar, Etamar, Aaron's sons. And notice it says, and thou shalt make what? Holy. Holy garments for Aaron thy brother for what? Glory. For what? Glory. For glory and what? Beauty. Beauty. Come on, we're talking about clothes, right? Amen. We're talking about clothes, right? Amen. Come on, we're talking about clothes that the preachers are going to wear. Uh -oh. He said, you are to make them garments or clothes for two things. For glory and beauty. They're supposed to be beautiful. And see, that's strange because there are denominations that misinterpret scriptures about women. And 1 Timothy 2 9, when it says in like, in like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefulness of sobriety, not with broidered hair or gold or pearls or costly array. Then in 1 Peter 3, 3 it says, who's adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plaiting the hair. Please comb your hair. And I wear it of gold. <laughs> or putting on of apparel. Come on, that weave is your weave when you buy it. <laughs> well, get your weave, come on. <laughs> Hallelujah, say, my, that's my hair. Because I bought it with my money. 
<laughs> Amen. But people mistake the word modest. Listen to this now. People mistake the word modest for ugly. Modest is not the same as ugly. And you go in those churches that believe in that, <laughs> their clothes look ugly. Dark gray, nothing flashy. Come on. Skirt all the way down to the ankles. Come on, them old lady shoes. <laughs> then they have to have to have to have a slip up under that little ugly skirt. <laughs> that you see at the end of the skirt. Come on. <laughs> Just in case somebody gets past the skirt. <laughs> But modest is not the same as ugly. And people thought women, come on, people, though women, <laughs> they thought women are supposed to be adorned in ugly apparel. And it didn't say ugly apparel. It said modest apparel. It said what? Modest apparel. Modest means not too high. Not too high cut, come on. Not too low, not too tight, not too thin. Come on, but it should be pretty. Should it be pretty? Can it be attractive? Can it be rich? And we read garments for glory and what? beauty. Is that the will of God? Is that the will of God? See, that's for all of us because why? Jesus has made all of us priests. Come on, say I'm a priest. Go back to Exodus 28.3. Look at this now. And thou shalt speak unto all that are wise-hearted, whom I have what? Filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they make Aaron's garments to consecrate him that he may what? Minister unto me in the priest's office. And these are the garments which they shall make. A breastplate and an ephod and a robe and a broidered coat, a mitre and a girdle. And they shall make holy garments for Aaron and Aaron thy brother and his sons that he may minister unto me what? In the priest's office. And it says and they shall take what? They shall take what? Gold and blue, and purple, and scarlet, and fine linen. And what? Fine linen. And they shall make the ephod of what? Gold, of blue, and of purple, and of scarlet, and fine twine linen with cunning work. Come on, whose idea is this? God. And he's very pacific. Verse 7, and it shall have two shoulder pieces. Thereof joined at the two edges thereof, and it shall be joined together. And the curious girdle of the ephod, which is upon it, 
shall be of the same according to work thereof, even of gold, blue, and purple, and scarlet, and fine twine linen. <laughs> Verse 11. Six of their names on one stone, the other six names on the rest of the other stone, according to the birth. With the work of an engraver in stone, like the engravings of a signet, shall thou engrave the two stones with the names of the children of Israel. Thou shalt make them to be set in ouches of gold. And, it shall, and thou shalt put two stones upon the shoulders of the ephod. These were stones, jewel stones. For the, on the shoulder of the ephod, for stones of a memorial of the children of Israel, and Aaron shall bear their names before the Lord upon his shoulders for a memorial, and thou shalt make ouches of gold. And two chains, oh, oh. <laughs> and two chains of pure gold at the ends, a wreathen work shall thou make them, and fasten the wreathen chains to the what? To the ouches. Listen, this is not plated gold, folks. We're talking about pure gold. Now, could you imagine them stepping out in this outfit? <laughs> he could. <laughs> and thou shalt make the breastplate of judgment with what? Cunning work. After the work of the ephod, thou shalt make it of gold, with a blue, and a purple, and a scarlet, and fine twine linen shalt thou make it. Is anybody getting a picture here? Verse 17, and thou shalt set it in thy in setting of stones, even four rows of stones, and four in the first row of the Sardius, and Sardius, and Topaz, and the Carmbuckle, and this shall be the first row. And the second row shall be of emerald and sapphire and a diamond. That's the second row. <laughs> and the third row of ligure and a god and a amethyst. That's the third row. And the fourth row of burrow and of ox and of jasper. And they shall be set in gold in their enclosing. Could you imagine stepping out of something like that? Could you imagine people in our day and time? <laughs> Verse 22. And thou shalt make upon the breastplate chains at the end of the wreathing work of what? Pure gold. And he goes in detail in this whole chapter, but look at Verse 31. And thou shalt make the robe. Talking about the clothes. clothes. Now, thou shalt make the robe of the ephod all of blue. And there shall be a hole in the top of it in the midst thereof, and it shall have a binding of woman work round about the hole of it, as it were the hole of a habogam, that it be not what rent. And he said, make it in such a way it doesn't frazzle or fray. Verse 33. And beneath upon the hem of it shalt thou make pomegranates a blue and a purple and a scarlet round about the hem thereof, and bells of gold between roundabout them. Then he talks about what they're going to put on their head. Verse 36. And thou shalt make a plate of what? Pure gold. Engraven upon it like the engravings of a signet, holiness 
to the Lord. Verse 39. And thou shalt embroider the coat of fine linen, and thou shalt make the mirror of white linen, of, fine, of what fine linen, and thou shalt make the girdle of needlework. And for Aaron's son thou shalt make coats, and thou shalt make for them girdles, and bonnets shall be, shalt, shalt thou make for them for what? For what? For glory and for what? Beauty. And thou shalt put them upon Aaron thy brother and his sons. With him, come on, with him, and shalt anoint them and consecrate them, sanctify them, that they may minister unto me in the what? In the priest's office. Very specific. He said, this is the way I want them to dress when they come to minister before me. Do you think this outfit would be expensive? Think about what it would cost in today's time. That's just one outfit. But we're talking about the glory of his house. Well, let's close with 1 Kings 3.11. Now, Solomon, somebody say Solomon. Solomon is representative of the Lord Jesus himself. Now, when it comes to Solomon's riches, Solomon didn't ask for this. We know after he had offered all these offerings of the Lord, all these offerings of the Lord, the Lord appeared to him. And the Lord asked him, what do you want? And he said, listen, Lord, I got a big job in front of me. I'm stepping into my daddy's shoes, King David. Come on, say amen. There are millions of people, come on, in this nation. Lord, just give me wisdom. Just give me what? Wisdom. And what did God say in 1 Kings 3.11? And God said to him, because thou hast asked what? this thing, and has not asked for thyself long life, neither has asked riches for thyself, nor has asked for the life of thy enemies, but has asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. Behold, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I have given thee a wise and understanding heart, so that there was none like thee before thee, neither, there, neither, shall, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. And I have also, and I have also given thee that which thou hast not asked. What did he give him? Riches and honor. So that there shall not be any among the kings like unto thee all of thy days. This has always been God's will, folks. Now look at Kings 10.1. Kings 10.1. This has always been God's will. Always been God's will. Look through all the kings. All the kings that obeyed God and followed the God, God always blessed them with riches. And when they failed, when they got away from God, started falling and chasing strange women, they lost it all. They lost it all. Come on, say amen. But as long as they did what God told them to do, follow God's commandments, they always prospered. Study the kings. 
Amen? Or when they depended on trying to depend on somebody else to take care of their needs besides God, they lost it all. 1 Kings 10.1. And when the king of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon, she heard, she heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to prove him with what? Hard questions. And she came to Jerusalem with a very great train with camels that will bear, that bear spices and very much what? Gold. Like he didn't have enough already. And precious stone. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. And Solomon told her all of her questions. And there was not anything hid from the king which he told her not. In other words, wisdom is better, is better than money. Matter of fact, the Proverbs tell you wisdom will prosper you. Verse 4, and when the king of Sheba, queen of Sheba rather, when a queen of Sheba, when the Hezekiah of Sheba, oh, queen of Sheba, has seen all of Solomon's wisdom, And a house that he had built. <laughs> and the meat of his table, the food he was serving, the sitting of his servants, the attendance of his ministers, and their apparel, and his cupbearers. And then she watched as his ascent by which he went up unto the house of the Lord. She said, oh. There was no more spirit in her. She was breathless. She was what? Breathless. Why? Because of what she saw. Come on, we're talking about glory and riches. Come on. She's seen how everything was set. Everything was perfect. Everybody was in place. Come on, the food was perfect. And the, I mean, every knife and fork and plate and everything was per perfectly done. Come on, say amen, somebody. Everything was to the T, excellent, the finest, the best. His servants all were dressed down to the T. Come on. And the way they served him, the way they served the table, and the way they ordered things, and the way he sent it up to the house of the Lord, and how he gave reference up to God, she was like, And it says in verse 6, she said to the king, it was a true report that I've heard in my own land of the acts and thy wisdom. Howbeit I believed not the words until I came. And my eyes have seen it. My eyes seen it. And behold, the half was not told to me. Thy wisdom and prosperity exceedeth the fame which I heard. Oh, come on. Say amen, somebody. Then she says, Happy are the men. Happy are these servants which stand continually before thee and hear thy wisdom. Blessed be the Lord thy God which delighteth in thee to set thee on thy throne of Israel because the Lord loved Israel forever. Therefore may he be king and to do, to what? To do judgment and justice. And she gave the king 120,000 talents of gold. 
even as she seen all that he had, she still gave him, said, let me add mine to this. And of spices, very great store, of precious stones. And there came no more such abundance of spices as these which the queen of Sheba gave to the king. See, you know, when a man's ways please the Lord, he'll make even his enemies be at peace with him. He'll cause money to come to him and riches and glory because why? That's the will of God. Tell your neighbor, that's the will of God. That's the plan of God. And when you look at Solomon, this is representative of the Lord. See, in the New Testament, it says the half has not even been told when we see the Lord. The half has not even been told of all the things he did. They couldn't put it all in. Come on, say amen, somebody. And when we see the Lord in his house in heaven, when we see how the angels operate, when we see the saints stand up and sing songs of worship and praise before the Lord in perfect array and perfect order. When we see the beautiful robes, when we see the operation of the Lord, come on, say amen, somebody. People are going to go, oh, glory to God. We haven't even heard the half. Well, how is he supposed to be represented down here? Oh, Lord. Now, we can't compete with heaven, but we can do the best with what's been made available to us and believe God until we come to that place where people go, whoa. Come on, say amen, somebody. Whoa, do you see how the singers came out? They sat in a ray over there, side by side, in perfect order. With a big smile on their face, all happy and joyous. Do you see how orderly and nice and pleasant those ushers and hostesses were? How gracefully they sat that person down. How gracefully they sat the person down. <laughs> How attentive they were to the people came to the door. Did you see it? Did you see how the sound was crisp? And the sound crew catered to the needs of the singers? And they catered to the preaching of the gospel and the band, how they catered to them and without their beck and call? Boy, them sound people. With a smile on their face all the time. <laughs> Did you see it? I've never seen nothing like that. <laughs> Did you see how the children's church were? How organized they were. Everybody was on time. <laughs> and they seemed to have the spirit of excellence on them. 
leave anybody out. Oh, do you see the cleanliness of that church? Oh, come on. Hallelujah. Man, that wasn't a crumb on the carpet. Everything was perfectly in place. Did you see it? This is the will of God, folks. All of his things conducted this way. All of his things. Conducted this way. First Corinthians fourteen ten. All of his things conducted this way. <laughs> I said. <laughs> <"Let> all things. <laughs> It says what? Let how many things? First Corinthians fourteen forty. First Corinthians fourteen forty. They should have it on the screen if anything. Let all things be done what? How many things? How many things? Be done how? And what? And what? And what? That means everything in its own place. That means everything beautiful. That means everything is arranged. That means everything top quality. That means money is no object. Whatever it costs, come on, say amen. That's what it costs. As long as it represents the Lord's will. His will and it represents him well. Come on, does anybody believe this with me? See, the more you're blessed, does it glorify him? Because you're living a godly life. Somebody say yes. See, you have to have some tenacity with this. Because why? You'll walk out that door, and the world will suck it all out of you. Come on. And they'll drag you right back into that, po into that poverty mentality. That that's not real life. That's too good to be true. Don't let the world get to you. Come on. You stay with it like a dog on a bone. Come on, say amen, somebody. You say, this is mine. I'm getting to that place. I will not stay broke all of my life. Because why? Because I don't have to. I don't have to stay sick all of my life. I don't have to. Why? Because Jesus bought and paid for it, and here I come. Lift your hands and give God praise. Come on, lift your hands and give God glory. Come on, lift your hands and give God praise. Say, I don't have to. Hallelujah. We give you glory, Lord. We give you honor, Lord. Oh, we worship and adore you, Lord. We believe we receive it, Lord. Your will for our life. Hallelujah. So you may not be there yet, but guess what? You know where you're going. You know what to expect, and you know what to start believing God for. 
Come on, say amen. amen. That's like any goal. They tell you, you got to look at that thing. And you got to put it before your eyes. And you got to envision yourself being what you put on your wall. Because if you don't see it on the inside, it's not going to happen. So if I got to make myself see it, I'll make myself see it. And that's what some of you need to do. You need to post stickies on your wall to remind yourself that you're blessed. To remind yourself that you're rich. To remind yourself you're supposed to be wearing the best. You're supposed to be eating the best. You're supposed to be driving the best. You're supposed to be living in the best. I'm not there yet, but this is where I'm going. Here go my house on the wall. I may be driving my hoopty, but this is what I'm going to be driving. Come on. Come on, I may be wearing Mary Ann's, but this is what I'm going to be wearing. <laughs> <laughs> a TJ Maxx or something. Come on. <laughs> everything kind of a brain brand. Designer, everything. Why? This is God's will for my life. But if I don't see it, it's never going to happen. It's even as thy soul prospers. I have to get this in my spirit. I got to find whatever it takes, whatever it takes to get this in me. I got to see myself as God sees me. You got to do what it takes, whatever it takes. Come on. You got to be like Gloria Copeland. She went through every magazine. And she built her dream house. Because Copeland says she's had magazines everywhere. She got magazines. I mean, she has stacks of magazines going through magazines. This is how she wanted her house to look. And they say when you walk in that Copeland house, it is breathtaking. But God built it. And he gave it to her debt free. Debt free. She got profits quarters. Quarters. <laughs> Are you with me out there? But God's no respect that person. What she do? She prospered in her soul. She seen herself as that. She seen that house. And Kenneth said, I got out the way. And say, just go ahead. Just build. And she said, the house started getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And she got to the point, she said, I got to start building this house before it gets too big. <laughs> Hallelujah. We serve the same God, folks. And God still, he honors the same methods. As long as I get my soul to prosper, I can have what anybody else has in this world. Do you hear me? I got to see it, though. I got to see it, though. I got to see it, though. 
I gotta see it though. I gotta see it. 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 You gotta see yourself healed. You gotta see yourself walking the way you used to walk. And better. 